Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Leon Dreisaitl trying to catch up to it. Oh, hold back. Here comes Archibald. Josh Archibald scores! Overtime winner! This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Morning After Podcast. Adam Gold will be joined by Alec Campbell in a little bit to discuss the 4-3 overtime loss to the Edmonton Oilers on Sunday. Uh, do those do those little uh, two-minute bits for Sports Extra on Fox 50 every Sunday. Uh, and today, my lead was that close to a perfect weekend for the Carolina Hurricanes. He had the win on Friday night against the New Jersey Devils, the announcement of the outdoor game, the stadium series game on Saturday by the NHL. Everybody was feeling great. Edmonton Oilers come in here, minus Connor McDavid, James Neal, Zach Cassian. I think when I wrote it up this morning, that's about, it's a little bit more than 60 goals and about 140 points out of the lineup. 4-3 overtime loss. Somebody named Josh Archibald scored twice, the third and fourth goals of the game, and that's it. It's a game that Carolina is going to look back on. Not that they didn't steal a point, because they did when you consider they were down uh, in the last five and a half minutes or whatever it was. Uh, So just getting a point feels like a win in, in, you know, of sorts. But it's probably a game they should have won from the outset. And we could have said that against New Jersey back in, what was it, November. Against Ottawa back in November. The fact that they haven't beaten Columbus yet this year is troubling. So there are a lot of games where Carolina is going to look back at the end of the year and go, Ugh, we should have gotten two points. Well, at least they got one. Um... There's some good. The good is obviously all at the top with Aho, Teravainen, and Svechnikov continuing to be great. It wasn't what it was against the Devils, but again, the Devils aren't good. Edmonton is a good team. It's not unfathomable, by the way, that Carolina lost the game, but when you consider the personnel that Edmonton didn't have on the ice, when you consider you were playing against the backup goaltender, that's not good. Uh, there are games that uh, you're going to look back on at the end of the year and go, man, we should have had that, should have had two points there. Edmonton also played last night in Florida. Edmonton's playing well, but, and they're good. I'm not saying they're not, they're good. Uh, but this is a game that Carolina needed more from other players. Um, we all thought that, wow, Nino Niederreiter had a good game the other day against the Devils. Eric Halla played uh, played pretty well. Martin Natchez played well. Uh, things are going to be good. No, 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 no. 
That line was not good. And if you, anybody does anybody know the players that uh, played against Halla, Niederreiter, and Natchez tonight? Second best line for Carolina was Stahl, Williams, and Fogel, and it wasn't really dangerous. It was just it was fine. They had the puck. And, well, when you have the puck, the other team can't score. So that was a plus to have uh, Stahl, Williams, and Fogel play pretty well. Um, they, they're going to need more out of that. They need more out of Halla, Niederreiter, and Natchez. And the fourth line barely played. Uh, Ryan Dezingle got some power play time. Well, Lucas Walmark played under seven minutes. And uh, that fourth line isn't going to play. Rod, Rod Brindamore is entering playoff mode where we're going to get to the third period and you're going to see that only certain guys are going to play. Uh, Slavin and Pesci played a lot together in the third period. Both were upwards of 24 minutes, I think, in the game. So that's going to be a staple of what we're going to see over the course of the season, uh, course of the re- the rest of the season. But uh, there you go. A couple, uh, couple of quick notes, and then we'll, uh, we'll bring in Alec. Uh, James Reimer, okay tonight. Uh, what we saw from James Reimer is actually what we thought we would see all year long. He he has a tendency to play a little deep in his net, and on the both Archibald goals, the third and the and the overtime winner, um, Reimer probably doesn't give himself the best chance by staying so deep, and um, so that's basically what that is. Um, but Reimer's been great. Nobody's going to uh, attack James Reimer for giving up two goals to players who were alone at the top of the crease. Uh, the overtime goal, that's a service of uh, Natchez. If you're going to take a sharp angle shot, you better make sure it's on goal because that shot went wide into the corner and it was its own breakout. Dreisaitl, uh, was ahead of the play. Ahu got there in position, but he couldn't prevent the pass. Nobody got back to get Archibald in front, and there it is, over uh, over Reimer, and it's a, it's a loss. Uh, again, one point, take it, and run. But it probably should have been two going into the game. With that said, before we bring in Alec Campbell, my friend, let's remind you that you can... Subscribe to the Morning After Podcast. You can download it. You can rate it. You can listen to it while you're walking the dog. Uh, You can listen to it while you're trying to go to sleep. It doesn't matter. It's here for you. This is we we it's it's sort of like a public service, don't you think? Uh, All right, enough uh, enough crowing about it. Let's move on with the show. All right, my man Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, my friend. All right, I have two. I don't know how to look at this. On one hand, Canes really were victims of two bad bounces on uh, on the first two goals. Um, they were victimized by a terrible call on Eric Halla. Fought back the force overtime, and they grabbed a point. On the other hand, Edmonton played yesterday in Florida, came in without Connor McDavid, we've heard of him, James Neal, 19 goal scorer, Zach Cassian, one of their top six forwards, and was playing a backup goalie. Should I be happy with a point or mad that it even came to that? Well, and they also led the game twice. Yes, so all of them. Blew the, they blew the lead too. But um, I 
So I the, the last two games to me have been predictable. I thought it was a pretty easy prediction to take Dallas after the Vegas trip. And then I also thought it was a pretty easy pick to take the Hurricanes against New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, because they were a team that, I mean, you know, I mean, you, you saw what happened today. I mean, they're just, they're trading people. They're out yes. of it. They've really got no interest left in this season. Uh, they played a lot of hockey and they're not very good. So that was a game the Hurricanes, I thought, would win coming off a loss. And then you get to tonight, and I didn't think that, uh, I didn't know which way this one was going to go. I didn't think that it was as easy to predict this game, despite the fact that I think the Hurricanes are the better team in total. I mean, there's nothing really that Edmonton does polarizing good or bad. They're a middle-of-the-road team in terms of goals per game and goals against per game. They do have a good power play, but you know now they don't have Connor McDavid on right. it, so I don't know how that's going to affect it at all. Um, the, the most polarizing pieces to their team are McDavid and Drysidle, who had, you know, I mean, Drysidle's got 96 points or something. I mean, he's ridiculous. <laughs> 95, I think. Yeah, um, yeah or whatever it is. And, and McDavid had 80 something before he went out, too. Mm -hmm. So, yep. uh, but in terms of their team game, I felt like this was a game the Hurricanes would win if they were the best version of themselves. But I just, I, I mean, good on them to get the first goal early in the game. But I thought they, you know, spent a, a lot of time in their own zone to start the game once again. Um, I thought they built a game. Uh, they were very good in the third period. Fought back to tie it up and get it to overtime. So I guess in the sense that they were down and they got at least one point out of it, we have to be fairly pleased with that. But I think considering they had a lead and they are technically, you know, I think overall the better team and all the reasons that you mentioned, you know, they should have gotten two points out of today. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a it's a tough one to take, especially the way it went down, because I thought the Hurricanes were the better team. In overtime, too. I mean, yeah, they in, overtime, in overtime and the third period, I think they outshot uh, Edmonton 15-4 to four or something like that. And they had a couple of great odd man chances where they overpassed the puck. Uh, yes. They did, not, they did not make the extra pass. They made the wrong pass. Wrong pass, right. Uh, and I think that victimized them. Um, you know, they, they had three power play opportunities that they didn't score on. So maybe, you know, we can look back on that as a problem, but I, I, you know, one point, obviously better than none, but two points would have been, I, I think they needed to get two points out of it. Yeah. See, that's basically where I am. I mean, I'm glad they got a point because I mean, to, to not, to, come away empty-handed against the shorthanded Oilers team when they played last night, and you know that this team needs points. There's an opportunity to pull even in terms of points with Philadelphia, who's idle. You still have a game in hand on them. Um, I mean, this, this and here's why I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more leaning towards I'm mad that they didn't win the game. 
uh, yes, the point is, I guess, sort of a Band-Aid on it. Doesn't make me feel any better, but it, uh, right. it protects the wound. Um, is because we have now had too many games this year where this team got either nothing or less than they should have out of a game. And not to disrespect opponents, um, because that's not what I'm trying to do here. Um, if Carolina plays something reasonably close to their game, they win the game. Mm-hmm. And, and right now, there's there are three players, there are three forwards who I know are playing well. Mm-hmm. And tonight, I mean, the stall line wasn't bad. Stall line was, was okay. But there's, right now, unless Justin Williams uh, can just suddenly um, find another gear, there's no finish on that line with Fogel and Stahl. Um, they at least had the puck. Uh, but other than Ajo, Teravainen, and Sveshnikov, that's it. Because the Hall line, which was very good against New Jersey, who's very bad, they had a, they had a free run today against Edmonton. Edmonton loaded up their top line with their three best players. Yamamoto played with Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They didn't have anybody else. They had a bunch of guys who were grinders, and apparently that was enough to stop Hall, Niederreiter, and Natchez, who were, uh, I thought, uh, second best almost every time they stepped on the ice. Uh, it was kind of th- th- that kind of stuff is disappointing, and I just, um, and still they got a point because those top three guys right now are so doggone good that it's going to give them a chance every night because those guys are fine in the score sheet. So I'm more, yeah. I'm, I'm more, uh, I'm more disappointed that. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a missed opportunity too because the, the scoreboard yesterday was favorable for the Hurricanes. And they had a chance to to make up for some of that today with you know with a day of rest and yeah uh, it, it, so it's against a team as you mentioned that's down big time players and was playing on the second day of a back to back and you know but I wonder with Edmonton losing Connor McDavid what that has done for their overall team game. Because now suddenly you've you've got to buy into that a little more when you've lost a guy who produces so much, um, and you know it seems to me that those are tough teams for the Hurricanes to play against. Right. So I don't know, man. I my confidence in this season continues to wane <laughs> only because I feel like there are there are more things pointed towards the negative than the positive. Well, right now this team is, uh, well, counting the Columbus game, uh, six, four, and two since Dougie Hamilton left the lineup. Which is, I mean, it's not tragic, right? Right. It's, I mean, it's a winning record. It's a it's a winning record. Yes, uh, it is fourteen points in twelve games, and in the grand scheme of things. That's okay, but it's not a playoff. It's not a playoff pace, uh, and that's what this team needs to get back to. I mean, they're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination because they're uh, if they win Tuesday in Nashville, uh, they're probably inside the line, uh, or by the time they catch up in games, and there's actually going to be a bunch of games they're going to have uh, in hand 
because they only play uh, once between now and Friday. And, I mean, I haven't looked at everybody else's, um, you know, schedule, but Carolina's got games in hand on almost everybody at this point. Uh, the mm-hmm. only team they don't have games in hand on are the Islanders, but they've got games in hand on Philly, on Columbus, on Toronto, on Florida, all of those teams. Um, this team, legitimately, this team is is one mini hot streak away from right. putting themselves in great position. I just and I asked Sebastian Ajo in an interview that I apparently screwed up, so you couldn't run uh, in the in the Stormwatch today. Uh, I asked him what he you know what are his thoughts on why this team just hasn't been able to get on a run. He didn't have any great thoughts on it, but we talked about it. Um, and I, he just, you know, I think everybody is kind of at a loss for why this hasn't, uh, this hasn't worked out better, uh, with the level of skill that they've had. But I think you and I talked about this before the season, uh, in that there is a, uh, there is a, a compete level, a battle level that this team doesn't really, uh, have throughout. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't always, uh, always get to it. Um, is it fair though to say that they were kind of victimized by a couple of bad bounces also today? I mean, the first goal for Edmonton, uh, really it was a pass that went off Slavin's skate right to Dreisaitl. And, Mm -hmm. uh, the other goal was a rebound that fell right to, uh, who was it? Yamamoto. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, one went off the post and then off Reimer's leg. Yeah. I think that was the Yamamoto goal. Yeah, the power play goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there was definitely some bad fortune. I, I also didn't think Reimer was as sharp as he's been no. lately. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for sure, those things happened. You mentioned the bad call as well. That was the Yamamoto I, power play goal. That I was just, a terrible call. Yeah, I, I just... I don't know. I still don't think that there was a, a certain level of play that we need to see. I didn't really think it was there against New Jersey either the other night, to be honest with no, you. New, but New Jersey was New Jersey New quit Jersey's, in the third period. Yeah, and New Jersey's not good. I mean, they're they're a team that played right into the hands of the Hurricanes. I mean, they give up a ton of quality opportunities and the hurricanes already generate a lot of good opportunities. So it was, it was there for the taking. Um, and you know, tonight was going to have to be a much more physical game against Edmonton. And they just don't have that. I mean, they just don't have that in them. So it's, it's very hard for me to see the hurricanes, uh, beating, anybody that is in the race on a consistent level. I mean, I think they're going to score. They're going to get some uh, output from their big names here and there, but you know, at some point you got to get it from elsewhere in the lineup and they haven't gotten that at all. So I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like the way it's all going. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're getting breaks on the scoreboard again tonight. Um, the blue jackets were overtime losers Strangely enough, I'm sorry, shootout losers at New Jersey. How did how did Columbus allow that? Uh, um, so th- th- there's that, uh, and the uh, the Maple Leafs are uh, getting beat in 
Buffalo. I mean, it's there's still 10 minutes left in that game, but they're down three goals. So uh, <clears throat> although that might not matter what Toronto does, depending on what Florida does, uh, but the more teams you stay ahead of that are all competing, better your chances are. Um, let, let's, let's close because there's really not a ton to talk about that I love tonight because uh, I thought that they were uh, rel- relatively uh, eh after the first 12 seconds in the goal. They actually, had, I thought they were good uh, for the next few minutes, Didn't just didn't generate a good, really good scoring chance. Uh, and then they found their game, I guess, midway through the second uh, and they were the better yep. team, uh, or or at least not bad uh, for the rest right. of it. Um, but the just the way that on uh, Aho Svechnikov and Teravainen uh, are, I mean, the, Edmonton put their best out there, and those three guys were good all over the ice. Third overall back in 2014. He's the fastest oiler to 80 points since a guy named Mark Messi in 1990. Here's a break. Shot. Scores! Right on cue. Sebastian Ajo. It's 2-1. For the defense. Slavin now across. And Terravina gets that rolling puck to settle. With speed. Svechnikov on the rush. Svechnikov. Sanders. Scores! I love the way that Ajo is finishing right now. Obviously, he scored a bunch of goals uh, lately. Um, the pass that Slavin hit him with was a thing of beauty. Right, for the breakaway um, goal. Yeah, and then uh, and then Svechnikov hit him with you know a, a great pass too on a on a drive around the net. But I I, I don't know why Rod Brindamore didn't see traction with them earlier in the year. I mean, I thought they were pretty good. I think they're pretty good right now. Um, I, I understand the idea of balancing out the lines with those guys, but I also really like them all together. <laughs> yeah. So, well, they, he has uh, no choice now. They've been, uh, I mean, they've been impressive. I don't, I don't really don't know what else to say about it other than they've been uh, doing what they're supposed to do. And, Unfortunately, they're not getting any support from anywhere else, really. I mean, yeah. they, there were some guys who did it on, on Friday night, but again, the Devils. I mean, I, I don't, yeah, you I mean, can't really keep agreed. going back to that. Agreed. You know, I mean, that's a team that's just not competitive. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Devils, again, have mailed it in, except, uh, except they helped out Carolina tonight, uh, even as they traded two of their players. Uh, Blake, uh, Blake Coleman goes to Tampa, yeah, Tampa, and Andy Green went to the Islanders. So, uh, mm-hmm. hey, maybe that will trigger the Hurricanes to make a trade. I hope so. I mean, we've been talking about it for long enough that they need to go ahead and pull the trigger on something yeah. because there's, what, 24 games left in the season? That is, uh, that's the math, I believe. So, I mean, the sooner the better. So we can go ahead and, you know, get as much of an impact out of whoever that's going to be. 
as we can, assuming, you know, it's, you know, someone who can make a, make a difference. Yeah. Blake Coleman netted a, uh, a first round pick from Tampa as well, which blows me away. Uh, but this is why Carolina, I think is waiting because they're waiting for the prices to come down. Uh, because, because I don't know why, because that's the way it is. But this is a trade, whatever trades they're making to make this team better, honestly needed to be made a week ago. Not now. A week ago. Right. They needed, they needed more games, not fewer games. Uh, anyway, um, I didn't want this to be a bummer. I did love Ajo tonight. I love Svechnikov. <laughs> I love Teravainen. Uh, I can watch those, those three guys play together. I don't even care what the outcome is if they're doing their thing because uh, they were good tonight. They were good in all well, three I, zones. Yeah. I mean, Edmonton is Edmonton's a good team, but they're not a great team, you know. And it should be a team that the Canes can beat. And I guess maybe on another night it is. I mean, they they did crush Edmonton six three, the first game uh, out there. But it, it just feels like Edmonton's not. I mean, it's, they don't they don't feel that intimidating to me. No. And so the Hurricanes, if they go up against anybody who's who's on a different level, a, a higher level than Edmonton, then they got no shot. Because uh, I just don't, I just, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't have much faith in the way the Hurricanes play. Saving right. it all to beat the Penguins all four times they play. I mean, I mean, what? I mean, there you go. Like, what are we? What know. are we going to see against the Penguins right. if if you if you can't beat Edmonton? on the second night of a back-to-back with rest and three of their players out. They've got the best player in the world out. They've got the Penguins four times. I'm trying to go off memory here. The Leafs three times still the rest of the way. You've got another one with the Rangers, who they haven't been able to beat all year. Uh, you got two more with the Islanders. They're done with the Capitals, but uh, look, they've, they've... And the Islanders are tough, man. They're good. Those are going to be tough games to win. They all, I mean, it's amazing. The Hurricanes have beaten them both times this year. Both, uh, I think, both in extra, yeah. you know, extra time. One but, of them was a one of them was a shootout, right? I think. Yeah, but we'll see. Uh, Tuesday in Nashville, and the Predators are not inside the playoffs, but the Predators are playing better. So um, I think the Predators won today. Yes, they beat the Blues today. Uh, they are now seven points over NHL 500, which puts you close in the Western Conference, the way things are going. All right, Alec Campbell, uh, we'll do this again another time. Um, you didn't make me feel any better. I wanted you to say I should be happy that they got a point. But, I'm, oh, but sorry, you didn't. Man. I, I, am not, uh, I am not known as the, the consummate bringer of joy. Yeah, well, you are so, to me. So. <laughs> you, you looked in the wrong place for that. All right, a quick check of the standings. The Islanders were idle tonight. They still have 72 points in 57 games. They're in third place in the Metro. Uh, Columbus, who has now played 60 games, two more than Carolina and three more than the Islanders, also has 72 points. Uh, They were a uh, shootout loser to the Devils. Philadelphia in second wildcard spot with 71 points. Uh, Carolina has a game in hand on them. They're just a point back. So still right there, still right there. Not trying to say it isn't. Um, Carolina's got to stop wasting points, but 
the Hurricanes are right there, 70 points in 58 games. Florida also played 58. They are four points behind Carolina. Very quietly, the Rangers are just six points back with 64 points through 58 games. Uh, and with Florida and Toronto essentially both kind of languishing, Toronto was a loser in Buffalo, so the uh, the Maple Leafs have 70 points in 60 games. So Carolina's got two games in hand and the same number of points. But it doesn't matter if you can't finish in the top five of the Metropolitan Division. All right, so the Hurricanes will be uh, on the road in Nashville on Tuesday, back home against the Rangers on Friday. We'll talk to you Tuesday night on the Morning After podcast. I'm Adam Gold. Oh, wait, 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 wait. One more reminder. Subscribe, rate it, download it. I don't care. Enjoy it. That's what it's here for. All right, we'll see you uh, after the Predators and the Hurricanes on Tuesday night. Bye. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.